the extractor that was um, running all the uh, solventless. Holy shit. That is just really something. Whoa. Okay. <coughs> that tastes <coughs> like cookies and cream. <coughs> and GMO. And I swear that might be what that is. Because initially it's heavy cookies and cream. But then the kind of like the after hit, you get it, it has like, it lingers like GMO does with that like kind of garlic, garlic, rubber, gas kind of terp. Really good. Really pretty hash. Love the consistency. You know, and it is strong. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the podcast. Super excited to be here today to kick it and relax. If you guys have never watched this podcast before, essentially what this is, it's an hour of just hanging out talking. We talk about glass. We talk about the different terpenes on the table and flour and all sorts of things. But also we talk a little bit about life, small business owner stuff. It's just a really vast mix of things. Um, on today's episode, uh, I have a couple different pieces to smoke. I have a 10 millimeter mini double diffuse. I have a 14 millimeter triple double, which we never have clear 14 mil triple doubles on this uh, on the podcast, not often anyways. Um, and then the terps I have on the table today, I think it's called Dirty 30 is the name of it, but this stuff like looks like marshmallow. It's so white and it's really terpy and just like, it's the type of hash that I can kind of like smoke all day. I don't know if like, not all of us are lucky enough to have such variety as we do here in Colorado, but I've gotten to the point now in Colorado where it's like, there's certain hashes and I'm like, yeah, I could take like one dab of that a day, but that's just, just so like strong and intense that like, it just like knocks me down. This dirty 30 stuff here is like perfect. It's like strong, but not so strong that like I can't get my work done. Like I can enjoy being like stoned. I can enjoy the dabs and like, or there's that sour papaya that I have. I take a dab of that shit and I'm just questioning life. I'm like, where I can't, I'm so high. Like I start thinking I can't see my eyes, but I never could see my eyes unless you look in a mirror. So also too, I start thinking about things like macaroni and cheese should come with two packets of cheese in there. I'll pay more because the one packet of cheese isn't enough sometimes. Maybe you're like, I want some extra cheese in there. There should be a box that you pay for that comes with an extra little bag of cheese marketing technique it, should, it would work there's a lot of people out there that would do it but back to what i was saying uh don't forget to sign up for our newsletter that's important because if you sign up for that you can stay up to date on all of our drops giveaways and everything with bear mountain studios we have accessory drops coming up for terp slurper sets uh, and then we have um a sunday sale on the 27th so that's going to be next sunday so you guys will get to watch this and then they'll like, oh, go get ready for a whole week it's the following sunday the 27th so we got a big sunday sale coming up that day it's going to be a big one too and then the following Thursday, there'll probably be an accessory drop. If my wife's cool with Thursdays, I gotta make sure that was a good day for her still. Cause last time we did those RBR spinner caps, like it was a little bit intense for her. She was like, dude, we could not do this on Thursday like this again. Cause it's tough. It's tough. Like, cause she had to like work on the drop kind of through the night. And like, usually once the kiddo gets home from school, me and the wife were like, all right, we're not working until she goes to sleep. And she had to like work while the kid was home. So she was a little frustrated, but so I'm like, maybe we'll do it a little differently next time. Like we'll set up the whole drop ahead of time and then just schedule it for a day. So we just hit a button. We'll figure it all out though. Don't need to figure it out here on the intro of the podcast, but I'm smoking some 
crescendo today. Really good. Really, really good. Got it from a cut above. <coughs> really enjoying it. Um, uh, fuck. So yesterday I uh, had a guy uh, hit me up on Instagram and uh, because I made a post because someone sent me an old video. This guy on Instagram sent me an old like clip of me from uh, 2013 and my first trade show talking to uh, Token Daily, Paul Token, or I'm not sure exactly how he likes to be referred to as these days, but that's what he was, I think, to referred back in those days on YouTube. He was a big time uh, YouTuber. He was actually someone that um, I used to watch when I lived in upstate New York before I ever went to Colorado. I would actually like just sit in my little fucking shitty garage. I had a two car garage I lived in. Um, I was like sitting there and just like, it was all redone. So it was a house, but it was like this really little, like kind of like not great house, but we made it work and we made, and we were happy there and made the best of it. But I would just sit in there and watch YouTube videos and fucking smoke weed and stuff. Kind of similar to what maybe you guys are doing right now. And it was like the weirdest thing. It was like literally a year later, I was like in Denver at a trade show. Now I'm a glass blower and who comes up to my table is Paul token. The guy that I've been watching the last three years on YouTube. And he like wants to like talk to me, but I think it's cause I was so excited to talk to him and he was like, Oh cool. This guy's probably easy to talk to. He actually wants to talk to me and he knows who I am. So we chatted, he did a little interview and I talked about my glass. And at that point I had only been blowing glass six months. I got my torch set up. I got my torch April 21st. We weren't able to get it set up till April 29th. So from April 29th to October 4th, I blew glass nonstop and I was actually landscaping during the day too I was waking up every day at 5 30 in the morning getting ready getting to the shop to because I was I worked for a landscape company and then I had my own landscape company too that on the side oh there was just so much I was doing and then I'd get home from work at 5 36 o'clock at night after doing fucking moving brick all day and putting in paper paths or doing marble works I did a lot of hardscape installation um so it was heavy lifting it's big shit and your hands are just beat up from getting smashed by brick all day and then I'd be like all right time to blow glass all night and I'd blow glass from about 6.30 till about 3.30 in the morning. And then I'd go wake back up again at 5.30. I was sleeping maybe in two hours a night and just working super hard labor. That's why when people watch me grind now, I'm like, guys, you don't know how much easier this is. That I wasn't even able to smoke weed when I was killing myself either all day at working there. I, like, I had to like wait till I got home. Like I, I get to smoke weed all day while I'm working hard here in Bear Mountain Studios. I love it. And I'm at home. But my point is I'm conditioned for all that type of work. So I made this whole post and uh, someone that supports the podcast and they support my work and I think they just started blowing glass too. Um, what is your name? I, I'm, I'm seeing the Instagram profile, but I can't picture, I can't think of his name right now. But he left a comment and he was like, were you really blowing glass six months? He's like, how are you making a recycler after six months? Like, how are you at a trade show like selling them? You have like the fire on decals on the pieces already, all these things. And he said he's a, a weekly watcher of the podcast and stuff. So I want to break this down on here and not just for him, but for everyone that's watching this maybe new because he said he didn't watch early episodes. So that means he hasn't heard some of these, you know, stories and like background and stuff with certain things. So I'll just go into it just a little bit more. So as far as me like blowing glass for six months and then being at a trade show and making, having like five different recycler designs there and different variations from clear to fully colored so that I had, I had different levels so that you could sell stuff to different like shops but like oh these are in the 150 dollars price range i have stuff in the 250 price range and i have stuff in the 350 price range um 
So having all these different levels of the same piece made it easier for me to like gain sales from all different stores. Like I was able to, so that's why I was able to sell that booth out the first time I went to a trade show there with these recyclers. But the reason I was able to make recyclers so quick is because it's all I made. The first piece I ever made ever, the first pipe I ever made, I made it at Corning Glass Museum and I made it there at the end of a class where they were just showing us how to turn on a torch and melt solid rod. I had to go buy tubing from like a store outside Corning and basically bring it in there and not tell them what I was doing with it. At the end of the class, they gave us some free time and I made a pipe real quick and benched it and brought it home with me and the pipe was a bubbler. So essentially it was a push bowl with a down stem that went down. So you could like pack a bowl, had a carb on the side. It was just like an old school, like flower bubbler. And I made that, that was the first piece I ever made. And that was actually in 2012. So that was at a class I did in 2012. And I think in like around November or whatever, but it was like, it wasn't like a class where you're like, you go to a machine class or something. The class I went to was like when your grandma and grandpa sign up for a pottery class at their local museum. And they like go there just to kill some time for the day. That's what I went and did, but with like a, at a glass blowing museum with a bunch, it was all old people. And now I'm saying museum, I realize I don't know how to say that word. It seems like you can say it a few different ways, but we'll figure that out later. Um, so these like, this class wasn't anything like pipe. We actually, there was, they even told us you cannot make like pipes or anything here. This is like, you know, we're just working on like torch safety and solid work. Well, I did that class and then I had like that itch where I was like, oh, I wanna blow glass, but it's really hard to start blowing glass. It's expensive, it's like hard to get the tools and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really learn anything from the class. I didn't know how to like set up the torch or anything really about it. I was so just distracted by like all the ideas I had going off in my head that I couldn't even hear the teacher that was trying to tell me what to do. So then in 2013, in April, I finally was able to acquire my torch. It took about six months to get my torch. So I touched glass in 2012, but wasn't able actually to start practicing every day and pursuing it until 2013 when I got my first torch. And that was in April. And then, like I said, from the end of April to the beginning of October, I crushed nonstop. And the only thing I tried to make was recyclers. The second piece I ever made was a recycler. Like the only things I wanted to make was recyclers. So if you pick one thing you want to do and you don't get too distracted and every day you're on the torch, you're trying something different, a different shape. You want to try this color. Oh, I want to try this today. I went in there my first six months and said, I'm just going to try and make this recycler. And I had all these different variations after six months because I found all these little things I could change about the same design to make it different. Um, it was just, it's the best way to describe it is like cars. Lots of cars have four wheels, but a, an F-350 is not the same as a Tesla. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to find a base to build everything off of and have tons of different variations that were unique and different to their own. So for me, it was like, cause this kid I feel like is looking at me and he's like, why am I not making recyclers yet? And it's like, we all have different paths. It's all in what you're focusing on. And we all have different like speeds of progression and different things. There's always plateaus. There's always points where you, you grind and you're doing really good. And then it just levels out for a while. And you're kind of like stagnant. You're like, fuck, like I, I feel like I haven't learned anything. What's going on? That's all part of the journey. Also too, I'll tell you what, this might be more of an opinion based thing, but as far as with glass blowing, it's about the tools too. Sometimes I knew what type of torch I needed to get in order to make recyclers. I, cause I tried a torch 
at Corning, it was a Carlisle, CC Carlisle or whatever, and you can make anything you want in those, one of the best torches ever. But for how I was blowing glass, so how I f like what like to work at least, I was like, I need something with more heat. So if you're using a small bench torch, it's gonna limit how much you're able to achieve as far as large functional pieces. If you don't have a big enough tool to keep everything hot or move the glass quick enough, like any torch can get the glass hot enough eventually, but it may take five, six minutes spinning it. You need something to get the glass hot within seconds. So, and I'm just talking about doing certain welds, certain shaping, and of course, there's masters out there that could do it with a fucking Bic lighter, I'm sure. They could make a whole recycler and just th throw their Bic lighter on. But from my personal experience, tools really make a difference. Having the right torch, having like, you know, the right setup. But yeah, so my first six months, that's all I was focusing on is recyclers. So yeah, I was making recyclers and I was at a trade show. And as far as like the fire on decal thing goes, I had a glass blower hire me to dig um, a large hole on, on their property so they could put in a pool for skateboarding. Um, basically, they just wanted to pour like a bowl, like a concrete bowl for skateboarding. And when I did that, I went into their studio and they showed me a few things. And I saw, oh, you just order sheets of those and then you like put them on and you fire them in the kiln and now you have a, a decal on your piece just because I was a collector of glass myself. I had like Toros and um, Sovereignties and like um, just a bunch of different like clear tube production stuff. And they all had bake on those decals. They'll say like, you know, Toro on it or whatever. And I was like, how did they get those on there? So for me, the way my mind works is when I went into that glass blowing studio, the things that I, I wasn't so confused about how they're doing a weld. I'm like, why well, I, I had a welding background because I was a welder too. I did arc welding, big welding and stuff like that. I did like lots of construction and labor at a really young age and all through my teens and everything. So I used all that stuff like working hard landscaping, being like a laborer over the years, like all these like hard jobs I had, like in mechanical thinking, like I used that towards glass. So when it came to like the welds and stuff, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll learn that. I was more interested in like, oh, how are you getting the bake on decal on? How are you doing? Like there were certain things I was more interested in when I looked in that glass blowing studio. So yeah, I saw inside the fish tank as people would say, you know, like, whereas like customers of the glass blowing industry would be on the outside of the fish tank, you know, looking in, watching the fish swim around. And then the glass blowers were on the inside of the fish tank. We're in there. We're seeing how everything actually functions and works, materials and everything, where everything comes from. Um, so I saw inside the fish tank for a minute, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So once I get my torch in April, then I need to order these type of bacon decals. I need to order this tool right here. Oh, that's how they ship that. Perfect. So also while I was at a trade show too is because I didn't know how to sell my glass. I went to like a festivals and stuff and I was making a little bit of money. I would go to like local glass shops or head shops and bring them a case of glass and be like, Hey, do you guys want to buy anything? I did that. But big picture, I was like, this is not going to do it. And then I had a titanium company hit me up and be like, Hey, we found your Instagram. We like your work. Would you like to share a booth at champs trade show in Denver? And we said, yes, we were like, fuck it. Let's do it. So that's why we were at that trade show too, is because we didn't know where to go. We didn't know what to do. We spent every cent we had to get there. If we wouldn't have sold the glass, we wouldn't have been able to make it back to New York. Like it took everything to get there. Oh my God. You know what the funny part is, is when I got there and I was like selling glass, like no lie, like I met a store and they were a store owner and they were super hyped up on the work. 
and they they bought a piece and they we had to sign like a check or our address or something for them to mail us something and then he saw my address and he was like oh i see you live here you must know so and so and this was the glass blower that i had dug that hole for and i was like yeah yeah we he lives down the road for me like good guy you know like i just actually like helped him out digging a pool or whatever we moved a lathe for him and it was all friendly and nice and then later that night no lie that glass blower and his friends were really mad at me so mad that they were leaving comments on these stores pages like don't buy that guy's work he's jank like don't support him if you buy his work we won't sell you glass anymore and this was a big glass blower so i was like whoa fuck i'm not even out the gate and people are trying to burn me to the ground um but it was a big motivator honestly when i looked at when that all happened now that i'm a little older and look back on it it's all just misunderstandings and miscommunications and people's egos getting in the way you know ego will get the best of us i don't have any hard feelings on anyone that's why i won't say anyone's name or throw anyone under the bus but i'll tell you what at the end of the day like I'm fucking, I'm here, and I just don't even fucking care if people like me or dislike me. I'm just grateful that I'm here. I get to do what I love to do. I get to make these pipes. I get to enjoy all the hard work the growers and extractors put into these beautiful concentrates and flour, like, and I get to make this podcast. I'm lucky enough to sit here and do this with you guys, so it's fucking awesome. But yeah, so in my first six months, there was a lot of hurdles, a lot of ups and downs, um, but... I was only focusing on recyclers. And the reason this whole conversation comes up is because this kid said you were only doing that in six months and he seemed a little discouraged. And then I had other people commenting to him like, hey dude, like everyone has different paths. Like you can't judge other people's progression on things and on your own, like it's just not a like productive way to grow. Um, you can use people, other people as an example to strive towards, but you can't use it as like a comparison tool because it just, it hurts you, it doesn't help you. So I saw a lot of people and he was like, all right. And then I left a comment going like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend following my path. I went a little too hard. And then he commented back, leaving kind of being like, hey, dude, like, he's like, you have a home, like you have a, a happy, healthy family, like your studio is beautiful. You have like a new car, all these things. And like, he's like, so he's like, I don't understand. It seems like it was worth it to me. And that whole part, like, yeah, of course it's all worth it. Like, I, like it's worth it for me. But my point was, is that I wouldn't recommend someone not do anything but work. You're going to get an outcome where, yeah, you probably will be financially good and you'll create a lot of things. But there's like, a balance there's a yin and yang to things like there's like if you're gonna only be like working like that you're gonna miss out on like so much like I moved to Colorado over seven years ago I've been home to visit New York once I've seen my brother once like I've, I, I don't I don't leave my studio I'm very focused on what I'm doing and it's a crazy crazy thing and it's what people don't understand too about me is like, as much as I'm obsessed with this, it's also a necessity. Um, but back to my point was, is about like, you know, me making the comment, being like, I went a little too hard. I wouldn't recommend it. I think you can be successful and still take Sundays off. I think you can be successful and still spend time and do little vacations and have fun and have hobbies. 
Three years ago, I would tell you, oh, just grind all the time. I quit skateboarding. Even in the beginning of this podcast, if you go back to episode one through 15, I talk about all this stuff. You'll probably see a different Evan. But after 2020 and everything that happened, I'm like, I don't think you need to do what I did to be successful. I think it's a higher probability that you'll be successful if you work very, very hard. But it's also not a guarantee. Um, But to break it down even more, when you're a 18, 19, 20 year old person and someone tells you, hey man, you gotta put like at least a decade in, do 10 years grind and hard, that sounds like forever. When you're 18, 20 years old, that's half of your life that you've already experienced. 10 years, 10 years, 10 years ago, I was 10 years old. If you're 20, you were a little baby. So when someone tells you you have to put 10 years into something, you're like, holy fuck, that's so long. But when you guys get older and you're 60, 70 years old, you're gonna look back and go, why didn't I just grind for those 10 years? I would've been fucking set. It's only, it would have been only 10 years. What, I got to work hard, really, really hard for 10 years and build something? Things in time and perspective, it gets really messy is my point. And you don't have to grind all the time to be successful. It's just what I did. I got a lot done in my first six months of blowing glass with all the bad things that were happening. Everything that's been going on over the last like year or two with everything in the world, I've continued to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And I think it's the only thing that's kept me sane. So I'm gonna like refrain my comment. I'm gonna like rephrase my comment and say like, not that I wouldn't recommend it. Grind, do your thing, but just know that there are there. You can still be successful without sacrificing so much experience. Now, for me, for example, I have no regrets, and I'm happy and love what I do. I am grateful that I worked this hard because if I didn't work this hard, I'll tell you what. I had to work hard for five, six years to even get to like kind of a point where I was making some money and doing things. And thank God I grinded that hard because everything that's happened to me in the last year with my family, if I didn't grind that hard, we'd all be fucked right now. All of us would be fucked. So me working this hard made it so that all the bad things have happened over the last year. I've been able to just take care of this person, pay for this, make this happen. Oh, you're stressed. What's making you stressed? How much is it going to make that? How much does it cost to make the stress go away? Boom, there's a check. Just take care of people. If I didn't work that hard for all those years and then all this stuff happened over the last year, I wouldn't be continuing to move forward. So sometimes you have to grind without a reason. You have to just grind and work super hard to be like, hey, I know that life is challenging and we have little to no control over anything that happens. However, I could build up fortifications to fight this war. And when I say fortifications, I mean money. I mean uh, property. I mean build up things to fight the war of finances and protecting your family from someone that may want to take your home or take your business or take your car, whatever the fucking thing is. We haven't taken a dab yet. No, we've just been going off. I knew I should have waited to talk about all that until a little bit later in the episode, but I really wanted to talk about uh, that um, kind of like kind of like interaction I had on Instagram with that guy because he's a big supporter and like, he's like making like good points. It's like, cause I was being, too vague about things because I just assume everyone knows the story. You know what I mean? I assume too much sometimes. I like this torch better, I think. It's so loud though, holy fuck. Put it in between the mics so maybe it'll be a little quieter. But the the amount of time I've I've put in, I wouldn't I don't regret a thing. Um, for me the amount of grinding and glass blowing I've done has been a real uh a mental thing I've been working through. Like we all have our trauma and things we've gone through in life and glass blowing and just not really fucking hanging out with anyone and just figuring out my life and thinking. And it's, it's what I needed. 
but I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. I feel like some people need like hugs and stuff, you know, I don't fucking know. I need to just stare at fire and think deeply with lots of hash and coffee and a little bit of like less sleep. Like all these sleep deprivation, it's all just part of it. I'm training myself right now, it's conditioning. And when and like if someone just took that snippet and listened to it, they'd be like, "Oh, what is he like a soup like an athlete like some sort of super runner?" Like, "Oh no no no, he gets high in his garage all day and make bongs." Like, yeah, it's fine to like. I think it's fine. Don't take yourself too seriously, but I, I think it's okay to take what you're doing very seriously and give 110. percent Those are two different things. My ego and myself, I don't take too seriously. But whatever effort or thing I'm working on, I take very seriously and I give 110%. Just like any person I meet or talk to, I really try to give them 100% sincerity and like be like present as much as I can. Um, I'd say that and my wife would be like, every time you're in the fucking house, you're on your phone. What are you talking about? Because like I could be talking to them, talking to my wife. I, I do, but man, I'm bad with the phone. I'll tell you what. I have my months where I get better with it, where I'm conscious. I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna look at it like I'll, I'll almost open it like no don't open it just set it back down keep focusing on what you're doing but man it's it's fucking it's so tough that's like probably the only time i've ever experienced some sort of like addiction feeling because like i smoke weed every day but i've literally taken um like weeks off before when i have to go out of town for something or like when my daughter was born i took a you know i'd take a break from smoking for a bit there's like and I didn't have any negative effects. The only negative effect I had was I started dreaming again and having really intense dreams. Like I, like I wasn't like, um, I wasn't like fiending and being like, I need my weed or I'm going to freak out, man. Like I was, it wasn't even like that. But when, but with the cell phone, that's like some real addiction. That shit's crazy. Um, the dab right is a little too short for this big boy. So we're going to use the turbo meter 14 millimeter, triple double. Has the uh, 24, 24 hole gridded shower head in the bottom, and then the two eight slit discs, and then the double funnel. So the triple would be the three diffusers, and the double will be the drain. So the triple double RBR. This is a 14 millimeter. It has a 10 mil converter in it right now. This is why this looks kind of funny. I wish I had a 14 mil nail. I unfortunately broke mine the other night. It was stuck to a paper towel, didn't notice it, and grabbed the paper towel, and the nail went flying and just smashed. So. <coughs> which is a bummer because that's the nail I used for that video that made its world star hip hop where I had like six nails stacked on it. She was a strong nail, but, um, I've been doing videos with this one lately, stacking nails and stuff. And it seems to fucking work great. Like it's, you know, but the only thing is it's 10 mil. So that little bit more restrictions annoying, especially on a big piece like this. Oh, this stuff's kind of dry. I've got some laser cat here. See here. Ooh, nice low temper. Ooh, that was some GMO. <coughs> <coughs> Had to get some uh some GMO the other day. Been a minute since I had some of that. Classic GMO gas. Man, I remember when GMO was the new strain. <coughs> <coughs> Shit happens <coughs> so quick in our industries. As far as like cannabis, glass, all that shit. Things move quick. Just like when new strains come, what's hot and then what's not. Bro, like, 
I mean, I remember when Forum cut like Girl Scout cookies like was hot and came out like Gorilla Glue Four. I remember when that was like people waiting in lines to get Gorilla Glue like and you couldn't get it; it would sell out too quick. Like it's crazy. And then <clears throat> there's always a new hype strain of the day. But I'll tell you what: there's certain strains I can go back to and smoke anytime and i'm like damn that's fire even if you go to the dispenser and you see all the hype names sometimes i just go for that classic grill glue four because so i'm like that shit's gonna be gas like that flower like i know what i'm getting you know it's like you want consistency and at the end of the day as a consumer we want consistency you know because sometimes when you've had a bad day maybe that like cheeseburger from your favorite fast food place or maybe that favorite weed that you used to smoke which is kind of like a rare thing to actually find consistency in weed but that's why fast food works better but when you have that like your your favorite thing you like from a fast food place and you've had like a shit day and like you go there and you get it and you get home and it doesn't taste like it normally does it's a bummer so because you know what like you've experienced before with it so, man, consistency across the board. I tell you, Gorilla Glue in Colorado, most of the cuts are fucking fire. Super good. Same thing with GMO. The GMO is pretty consistent, too, from pretty much everyone. I'd say the only difference you'll find from company to company is, like, how much the garlic terp came through. Some people just do it differently. They do it better. Um, they use, like, just different curing methods or different soil mixtures that maybe pull that terpene a little out a little bit more. Who knows? Um, look at the rest of the smoke out here, though. But yeah, the first six months of glass blowing were just a blur. Every actually everything's pretty much of a blur until my daughter got here. My whole glass blowing I think it was so high, I think is what it was. I was smoking so much fucking weed and oil, like that I don't know what was going like I can't I can't give you a memory. I can't be like, oh dude, this one time. Like I can tell you maybe like four or five glass blowing memories where I can remember doing something in my studio. Besides that, the rest of it's just a big old blur. Because I was just overworked, way more sleep deprived than I am now. And I was smoking so much more. Just because it was so fun though. I don't know if you guys, like, I might be the only one that ever has done this before. And maybe I'll sound stupid. But when I lived in upstate New York and I didn't really have friends to sesh with and stuff. Like, I don't know why I loved it so much. But I'd, like, go home and, like, pack my bowl. I'd throw, like, some fucking, like, Wiz Khalifa on or some shit. And just be like smoking my bowl and just it just I loved the whole feeling of like just the whole like vibe and culture of everything that was smoking weed and like the people around it and like the the uh the mentality and the way people thought and like obviously you're gonna have variants and some people suck the way they think but for the most part the overall like feel of it I just like god I love this so much and like I just remember that like that exciting, fun feeling. I was almost more hooked on the feeling, and I think that's why I was smoking so much more weed back then. It's because I, was, I wasn't I was chasing the high from the cannabis. I was chasing the community feeling and that feeling of, like, this is a different world. This is, like, separate. This is, like, a world where I go, hey, I'm not going to participate in all this, like, petty fighting and, like, fucking people over. I'm going to go, like, participate in this world where everyone's, like, you know, smoking and like chill and sharing. And that's when I was young and naive, of course, guys, now I'm an adult and I know that the world's shitty everywhere. But, um, you know, back then I was like, this is my escape. This is my Disney world. So I was smoking so much weed. Cause I was like, I just want to be like so high all the time and just like listen to fucking music and watch YouTube videos and grow weed. And then when I realized I could become a glass blower, then I was like, Oh my God, like 
I could fucking smoke the weed I'm growing through a pipe I made. And then I was like, I have to do this. It was just, and now I'm like defined as a glass blower. It's so wild. It's like, now I'm a glass blower. But back then it was like, I was just like some kid that loved like hanging out at the smoke shops and talking to people. And like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy, I'm stoned. And as far as sales, here's another thing too. So everything I'm doing, like, yeah, like I moved quick a little bit through things in big picture, but there was a lot of things that were kind of helping me. And it wasn't financial things from people, but it was just like things I learned over the years. Now, when I lived in New York City, prior to being a glassblower, I worked for Element Skateboards and I was trained in sales. Like, I did a lot of different things, but I was trained in sales. Like, so they had this program that we had to go to classes for and they paid like $4 million for us to go to this fucking thing. And we took all these classes and then we had a trainer that came frequently and trained us like at like, you know, the stores and stuff like that. So we were super trained on sales and we were trained to talk to people. And even as a little kid though, I was a talker. Like I'd be the little kid that'd be like six, seven years old at the wedding. I'd be talking to everybody. I don't give a fuck. Like, but so I had training in sales. I had a good work ethic cause I was like already been doing construction and like worked in New York city doing stuff. Like I had accumulated all these skills over the years and I was a high school dropout, but I had, I feel like dropping out of high school gave me the opportunity to work more and learn more skills that got me where I am now. I feel like I'd do way better if I went to college now at 31 years old. I feel like if I went to college now, I'd actually learn things. I'd actually, uh, gain like, knowledge that would help me and I would actually be able to like spread like but when you're fucking like 18 19 20 at least where I was at this is not everyone but you're fucking like it's like you've been like stuck inside your whole life and the doors are finally open at least that's how I felt because I lived in a little farm town but even if you live in the center of like a city like Colorado Springs or Denver or something maybe you still feel the same way where you're like oh my god I'm old enough I can like go be someone I can find out who I am when people are just trying to figure out who the fuck they are you know what I mean like how can you be expected to like, like learn and, and, and even have a concept of what tools you need to function and run business or build something or work for someone? It's just crazy. I understand the idea of like being young enough where your brain's actually able to absorb all these things. But I think with enough psychedelics and hash, you can learn anything. You know what I mean? And that conversation was good right to the hash part, but that's the truth. I would not be as interested in listening to half the shit I listened to if I wasn't high. If I was sober, I'd be like so ADD. I'd be like, I can't listen to this four hour podcast about fucking Bitcoin. Like, I, I don't even know what's going on. Like, but I still like to listen. And if I get high enough, I can listen to anything. So I listen to a lot of just, dude, get away from my nail. I listen to a lot of shit that does, isn't even probably gonna help me, but I like just having knowledge just so I can like talk to people and I like thinking. I think the thing I'm most addicted to is just letting my brain go wild. When I learn something new and go down the rabbit hole, it's wonderful. That's probably sound horrible on there. I'm sorry, but you know, what can you do? Um, one more. That was liquid IV on that second one though. First one smoothie, second one's liquid IV. I'm trying to keep my shit together because I worked out fucking hard this morning and I've been staying up extra late. I'm back on my late grind again. So like I said, since the wifey got out of the hospital, I've been grinding. I want to have her on here so she can talk about all that shit. And like I said, we are going to have like the Bear Mountain Studios crew on here. I'll probably have Cormac and Keymaster on here soon. Keymasters, they're both ready, but it's like trying to coordinate when they both can do it. So maybe we'll do like separate episodes and eventually get them both together. 
we'll figure it out. But I got a, a handful of people coming up. Summer's here. People are feeling good. People are vaccinated. So I think uh, we're going to be able to start just like having frequent guests. Even though these solos, honestly, I just, these starts get me thinking, you know? When I'm with a guest, I'm just trying to take care of them. I want to make sure I'm being polite. I want to make sure I'm not talking too much. I'm being, I'm like, almost like when I'm with a guest, there's a second Evan standing behind me, like watching me be like, no, 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 don't talk yet. Like, uh -uh, don't do that. Like, wait, did you hear that? Like making sure I'm in check. But when it's just me chilling here, solos, I'm just like in my mind right now. It's fun. Let's take more dabs. Let's smoke this 10 mil. Cause honestly, this piece is awesome, but I'd really rather have a 14 mil nail on it. So I can just have that extra open airflow. I got fresh Ruby pearls today. Thanks to Ruby Pearl Co. I got my fresh Evan Shore. It feels good to have some fresh accessories. Got a pretty fresh clear cap right here. Usually I'm whipping my blue RBR spinner cap. I <laughs> almost coughed. I just, you know, have you ever just like a dab sneaks up on you like six minutes later and it's like, <coughs> wouldn't it be cool if we were exactly at six minutes from that dab? Probably not though, but that'd be cool. That'd be sick. Um, sometimes I'm really on it with time and stuff like that. It's one thing my wife will be at what times and I was just like, I'll just say it. Like I just, I just felt that time right now. Or I look at my phone every 30 seconds, so I have a good judgment of what time it is always. Either way. Either way. I'd like to think I'm special instead of believing it's because I'm constantly looking at my phone, so I'll just do that instead. All right, clean this nail up a little bit here. Take a dab of this um, Dirty 30 now. I want to like show you guys this, but it's like going to be semi-hard, but not really. Wait, we can do this. We can do this. We got lights right there. We can kind of like hit it in a way where the light's hitting it and the camera can catch it. I'm on the mic and I apologize for that. And I'm moving it so Aja can't really focus. Sweet, so this is just like really good rosin. It's in, I think it's called Dirty 30, it's from Peace Within Hash. I don't even know the turp on it. We're gonna have to take a dab on it to really explain this turp. I'm not too sure, so let's figure out what this tastes like. Okay, let's see here, warm this up. Man, I hope you guys are having a good day. I'm excited to do another Sunday sale. We did like kind of like a three week in between or I'm not even sure, maybe it was only two. Time is so fucking weird these days. I think it's cause there's so much happening that um, it just makes it feel like it must, I'm, this must be happening over a two year period but so many things have happened just in the last four months. It's like, there's just a lot going on at least in my personal life and the world, tons of shit going on. I grew up in a small farm town. Like I could, sh sh literally we didn't, we didn't have a gun, but I'm just gonna make an analogy of how there was no one around me. I could shoot a gun in any direction and not hit anyone. Um, but I just like, I, I grew up in a place where there was nobody. So I think now that I live, I like I've lived in New York City, like I lived in Denver, now I live in Colorado Springs, like I've lived in all these different, you know, metropolitan areas. And I'm starting to understand why people move out into the country. And cause like, as a little kid, you're like, why would you live out here? There's no kids to play with. There's no fucking like candy or stores or not. There's nothing. But as an adult, you're like, Oh my God, I, for me to be a good person, I might need to be at least 25 miles away from people. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's fucking tough. <coughs> but <clears throat> lately it's, it's been it's just been really, really wild and challenging but glass has been really fun it's always a great escape and that's one thing i tell anyone pursuing glass blowing is that 
you can find meditation in it like just doing spinning the glass in the fire and just focusing it's you have to focus so much while you're blowing glass not just on what you're doing but just on like just not to hurt yourself you're working on something that's hot so even if you your consciousness isn't focusing your actual mechanics in your body are telling you hey fire hot there's danger here so like you're just like in this almost like hyper focused state just staring at the fire and working and when you get there it's like this meditative place at least for me where you can work through things you can think about like you know maybe people that have hurt you or done you wrong and work through it yourself or think about things that maybe you could have handled differently and it's just it's just a crazy it's a crazy way to meditate but like for someone like me that's like so distracted and I like I'm like all over the fucking place it's almost like locking my mind into like a little prison where it has to just like it's almost like doing psychedelics I guess because that's essentially what it is like I folks my mind's forced to just focus on this one thing but it also has the ability to like think about other things at the same time if I want to I get I just it's like meditating you can get your give your mind a break kind of not for everyone it only works for people that probably have like severe ADD or, or like really just hyper have a lot of energy I'm gonna have to throw, throw just a tiny bit of heat on this because cooled down just a little bit but see we only needed a little bit but for me that's my process that what's what works for me I'm like learning tools to figure out how to function in this world with how fucking crazy I am The big one is glass blowing. I do it so much because I need to. <coughs> I'm just, uh, <coughs> there's so much I want to achieve. And you would think for someone that never travels or does anything but work, you wouldn't believe this, but there's so many places I want to see. I'm obsessed with archaeology and history. Never thought I'd say that as a kid because all my dad t talked about was archaeology and history and History of this, history of that, all fucking day. And he was always super stoned just talking about history. And now I'm turning into my father. <coughs> but for me, <coughs> I don't care. It's what I like. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe my family thousands of years ago come from a lineage of people that just kept stories and kept records verbally. I don't know. So maybe my epigenetic memory is more like towards just being able to like enjoy history and stories like that because it's what I function. It's what I enjoy to do. See, that's why I'd like to, if I went back to school now, I'd probably go back for like history and probably religious study and not cause I'm a religious person or go to church or do anything like that. And I don't frown upon it or anything. I'm just, I'm just not anymore. Um, but I do religious study cause that shit is so interesting. Like, because like all these major religions seem to come from one source, but it's like, three it's like different people's perspective of the same story i'm talking world religion it's like all different i want to see kind of like big picture i don't want to just focus on just one i kind of want to just see like big picture i'm like because it's it's a really interesting thing that humans seem to do but yeah i'd like to learn about that kind of stuff
Man, this pipe is sweet. This fucking Haterade Blue Slime Blend. Um, this piece, I was adjusting something, and then, like, I took it out of the kiln, and it checked. And I was like, oh, man. I can't. I could fix the crack. That's the thing. I can. It's so. You can't even see it. Like, I've tried to show everyone the crack, and most people can't see it. But it's, it's like, internal. It's, like, in there. Um, and I could fix it, but the thing is, is like the person didn't buy a cracked piece, so I'm not trying to sell them a cracked piece. So I'm making a brand new one. Actually today, it's Wednesday. That's what I'm doing today. It's making this freshie so it can go out. So this is my new personal one. So me and the homie are going to have matching pieces. Mine just has a little, a little uh, imperfection in it, but there's nothing wrong with that. That little touch of human in there. That's that one thing that I'm not sure which artist said it, but I think there's a handful of artists that's, that that did, have done it over the years where they make something perfect and then right at the end they'll put like a finger mark or a scratch or just mess it up a little bit just so that the human mark is on it. Like and now it's imperfect. Now it's 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 been made by man. Like because back in the day, people and this is a religious thing too. Back in the day, people. You know, you didn't you didn't want to like trying to achieve being perfect was trying to be like godly, which is then trying to be like above or equal to God in some sort. So like being imperfect was it was like almost like I feel it was like a cop out for people back then. I was like, yeah, it's fine to be imperfect. It's you're being more godly or religious or whatever. I don't know. Probably different in different parts of the world. That's why I would have to go to college and learn. I have no idea. Um, but I'm gonna do another dab on this one because that was actually perfect with this 10 mil nail. Like that was perfect. This I really want a 14 mil nail for. And 10 mil is really nice on here. Man, there's so like many collaborative projects that I really need to like uh, get back to people on. But I'm so in a spot right now that life's so crazy because. We got some wild shit going on with family members that we might need to be flying to different states to help people with end of life stuff. And it's just, I'm like, bro, don't send me your prep. I can't right now. <laughs> Cause if some shit happens, that shit's gonna be sitting. And I don't want your money sitting. Cause when someone sends you prep, that's prep they could have sent to someone else or they could have made something and sold it themselves. So if you take too long to make it, it's like disrespectful. And I feel like I, I really don't want to disrespect anyone or people anymore if I have you know sometimes you're completely oblivious to it if you're doing it no one's telling you um but when I start like actually taking on these collabs again and really going after them like I want to be in a place where I'm like I can take time and just like enjoy the collab and not feel so pressured just from like life and you know normal shit going on but maybe that's where the best art is created is when you're under pressure like that purple crunk piece I made during one of the most stressful times probably in my life I mean and then that thing happened so maybe that's what creates greatness is challenges you know maybe the human side of me just wants things to get easier so that I'm more comfortable when I'm doing it but maybe I need to be uncomfortable maybe I need to be under pressure I do not know but being comfortable sounds way better. God damn, I've just been uncomfortable. It's been hot, guys. I bet it's been hot where you are, too. It's been hot fucking everywhere, it seems. It's crazy. This guy's short enough for our dab, right? 
that the homies hooked me up with. Been uh, figuring this thing out. And uh, now I like it. It works pretty good. You just got to like... And honestly, if you just have one rig you use on it, you set it to the height and then you just move it right over. I, I smoke like 10 different pieces a day. Like I don't smoke just one RBR. Like, and I put my double diffuse down because I've been smoking it so much for the last like six months. I'm like, I need to like smoke something else. So like I put the double diffused away. It's got the waters out of it. It's in the back of the cabinet. So now I'm like doing the 10 mil mini double with 14 mil triple double. I'm just switching some things up. I just got to get a, a new nail for this thing. And I like on my dab right, I like to take mine at like about 550, 560. I'm not sure what the temp is in real life because I don't think any of these temperature readers are quite super accurate. I'm sure they're off. But it's almost like trial and error. See, my alarm goes off at 600. That's when the homie wants me to take it. But like I said in, on another episode, I think he might have been mad at me because that's too spicy for me. Too hot. So I'll let it chill for another second. Okay. Man. What do I got here? Oh, I don't even have anything on my dabber. I was like looking, I was like, what kind of dab did I scoop? Nothing. There we go. Beautiful. Stuff is so light colored. More than I needed. More, more than I needed. <laughs> Okay, dirty 30, let's talk about the turp. So, I'm getting like, I don't know if you guys have ever had cookies and cream. I can't open my eyes, just so you know. I don't know if you guys have ever had cookies and cream from Exotic Genetics. It was like one of their staple strains that they won numerous cannabis cups with. And I believe Cuban Grower was the extractor that was um, running all the uh, solventless. Holy shit. That is just really something. Okay, <coughs> that tastes <coughs> like cookies and cream <coughs> and GMO, and I swear that might be what that is, because initially it's heavy cookies and cream, but then the kind of like the after hit, you get it, it has like, it lingers like GMO does with that like kind of garlic, garlic rubber gas kind of turp. Really good, really pretty hash, love the consistency you know, and it is strong. It's a bit stronger than that, um, laser cat I have, but, um, <coughs> you know, I don't, this came out of a frigid dispensary. I don't know how long it's been there or whatever. And this is like mega fresh. Like this is, was brought to me the day it was ready. So <coughs> that has a lot to do with terpene profiles and all those different things. So rarely, do I judge people's hash in a negative way? There's certain things you can judge. Like you can tell when someone didn't have clean water, like the water had something going funky with it. You can tell when someone didn't use good material. You can judge all that, but laser cats material and everything, at least in my experience has always been super fire. And I bought two grams of this GMO and I'm stoked. I already like about this last night and I already smoked the whole gram almost just cause it's just one of those terps that, like I said, consistency. And it's awesome. And when you like what you like, stick with it. What's like what do they say? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that's the old saying. Man, that was awesome. I don't think I need another dab though. I'll tell you what. That shit was powerful.
this next Sunday sale, boy, oh boy, guys. I'm really trying to have a few different things, but what I'm finding is now that I'm making some honey jars and stuff, it's going to mean there's like less glass. This is still going to be a bigger Sunday sale, but if I try to do like a handful of these honey jars, I'll probably have like one because I made one and I'm like, that took all that this i don't know if i have time to make that many i almost have to take like a month off just to make honey jars so we got to coordinate it but i know there's a lot of you guys out there that want honey jar recyclers and the 10 mil version because i haven't re-released re them the last time i was making those was like i mean i've made a couple for people custom over the last four years but i really haven't sold any to a store in over four years so it'd be cool to re-release those crazy how long I've been doing this now it still doesn't feel long to me like eight years doesn't feel that long to me but when I was at year one and I thought about someone at eight years I was like whoa like that person's been doing it for a minute and like in jujitsu if you're like killing yourself you'd be like a fucking like probably almost a brown belt maybe like a purple or a brown belt by now so it's like that's a lot of time I try to judge things on the task at hand you know what I'm saying like judging on what I what I think I know um but yeah, like it's, it's crazy. But at year 10, like I have goals and I hope to meet them by year 10. This year, we definitely have some big things happening. We've been completely like cleaning and redoing the studio. We've like added on like a portion where we can now have, basically we took, we put up a carport and got both our, got my wife's car out of the garage too. So now we have a whole nother carport section where we're going to build out um, well, we already started like our saws are all over there our new sandblasters finally set up We're gonna set up our lapidary equipment Dremel I'm gonna build a whole Dremel station because I have new projects. I want to work on and This year I'm probably gonna hit a point Probably be late in the year though And I'm probably gonna do it around the holidays so I can justify it, but I might take like a month off from doing drops or anything and Just hang out with family and work on some real art shit Get like artsy as fuck, you know what I'm saying and like We'll podcast about it. We'll probably show, do progress stuff on the podcast and show like the sections and things I'm working on, but it's going to be very complex shit. I have new kilns we're ordering. There's just so much tools we're buying and stuff to like work on other things. But these other things I've even told my wife, like these aren't an income thing. These aren't things to make money. This is me being like a creative person being like, I need to take a month off from making money or anything and just be like, creative extra creative uh, like I'm like I'm creative every day and it motivates me but like really push myself extra hard on something just for fun just to see what I'm capable of I think it's healthy um but yeah I'm excited for the future even though this year I know it's gonna be a challenging one for my family because we've got some wild shit going on but who fucking doesn't right seriously but all I can keep saying is I just got to keep being positive about shit. That's all you really can do. I'd rather be delusional and be positive and just keep crushing because, you know, everything is temporary, even the bad times, all that shit's temporary. Man, the hash today hit me in some type of way that I'll tell you, folks. It was really something. Now I'm on this side of the mic. I keep just switching. But that's because my fucking body is so tired and, like, my arm's too tired to hold me up. Now I'm switching to this arm to hold me up. I'm exhausted. And I appreciate you folks that hang out with me each week. This has been a fun episode. I can't believe we've already fucking just cruised through an hour. It was nuts. Like, it's it's crazy. I was like, see, with these solos, sometimes they just get fucking lost. But uh, we have 
the 27th, so not this Sunday, but next Sunday um, that this comes out, we have the uh, next big Sunday sale. So make sure you sign up for our newsletter at bmsglass.com. Then you just get email notifications about those Sunday sales and drops. And um, definitely going to have another giveaway coming up here very, very, very soon because it's been about four, three or four weeks since I've done one. I think four. But yeah, appreciate you folks. This is the What's Bear Everybody podcast episode 64. I can't believe episode 64. It's crazy. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day.